Hey y'all, welcome to Southern Bells. Hey y'all, it's Brittany and Beth. So we're glad that you could join in with us today to listen. Again, if you're interested, you can follow us on Facebook at Southern Bells Faith, Food, and Fitness. And we hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hey, good morning, you guys. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Prayer Pocket. This is Brittany with Southern Bells. Today, we're continuing on our road to recovery discussion. Friends, this whole process has been phenomenal, (laughs) challenging, um, a blessing, but also difficult. Right? If you've been following along with me during these prayer pockets and you've been working through some of the things that um, are talked about each session, then you know that this road is not a straight and narrow path, right? There's winds, there's twists, there's turns, there's hills, there's mountains, there's gigantic potholes that try to swallow you whole. (laughs) Kind of sounds like West Virginia roads. Um, but it's worth it in the end. I have a poster hanging in my gym that says the most beautiful destinations come after the hardest climbs. Um, when I decorated my gym, I did it with the intention of making it a positive space. So I used... Those inspirational posters um, to help encourage me each time I just didn't feel like doing it. And I'll, um, I'll share them with you. So one of them says, beautiful roads lead to beautiful destinations. If you want something you never had, you have to do something that you have never done. Remember why you started Don't give up. Find a way. A journey of a thousand miles must begin with a simple step. The pain you feel today will be the strength you feel tomorrow. Each day we um, face things in life in general. We have challenges whether we're going through a recovery process or we're just living day-to-day life. Um... Today, we're on step 10. Um, If you have been following along, you're familiar with those steps. But each week, I do try to review them just a little bit because I feel like if you just come in on this podcast, like today, you're like, okay, well, you're on step 10. How many steps are there? And what are these steps about? And, um... What should we do now? So the recovery process follows the serenity prayer, but then it also follows a 12-step program. The serenity prayer says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And then the 12-step process, um, it goes 
like this. So step one, we admitted that we were powerless over our problems, that our lives had become unmanageable. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We made a decision to turn our wills and our lives over to the care of God. We made a search and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all of these deficits of character. We humbly asked God to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make an amends with them all. Step nine, we made a direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And then finally, we're at steps 10, which says we continued to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. That's kind of hard for some of us, my sweet friends, um, to admit when we're wrong and then to be willing to work on that. Um, being willing to open up and just admit that, hey, I too need help, right? Um, there's so much information in the Bible for today's times. And I get so frustrated when we see people who feel like the Bible is no longer relevant to modern day society. The problem is modern day society does not line up with um, the word of God. That's the problem. So anytime that our our toes get stepped on, we kind of get bitter. We get frustrated. Um, we want to rebel against whatever the thing is that is kind of putting us in our place, right? But, you know, ultimately, friends, we need to be put into our place. We need to be reminded um, that there is a higher power, that God is the only person who can help us overcome these things that are holding us back in life. And it's important for us to realize that he is willing and ready and able to help us overcome those things. Um, I saw one. The nice thing about this Bible, this Bible has different sections. And each section has like um, a theme, right? So... For step 10, there are multiple themes throughout different sections of scripture. And the one I thought I was supposed to share today was about looking in the mirror and that time of reflection. However, I am now having some difficulty finding it. Okay, I found it. I found several, actually, that um, we would be able to share this morning. So, the first one, it says repeated forgiveness. And the Bible reading comes from Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. It says, 
We may grow impatient with ourselves when we continue to commit the same sins over and over again. This may cause us to get discouraged, or we may be afraid that we are doomed to relapse. Y'all, I just had this discussion yesterday with Beth, how I feel like I was spiraling out of control. My body has picked up some excess inflammation, and part of it is because I have been having sourdough, which is a carb. It's a healthy carb, but it's still a carb, and our bodies are known to hold on to extra water weight whenever we consume carbs. I love sourdough. I would do better if I would portion out smaller pieces of sourdough and not indulge. So I felt like I was spiraling out of control. Um, Peter said, asked Jesus, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven that's in Matthew 18. If this is to be our attitude toward others, doesn't it make sense that we should have that same grace to ourselves? We need to be patient with ourselves as God expects us to be with others. Paul wrote, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength and character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Learning to wait patiently is an important characteristic. Each time we admit sin and accept God's forgiveness, our hope and faith have a chance to be exercised and grow stronger. We no longer have to hide in the shame every time we slip. We can admit our wrongs and move on. God's love for us is reaffirmed every time we rely on it. In this way, God helps us to hold our heads high no matter what happens. And we know that, you know, God God offers us grace and forgiveness no matter what, if we call on him, right? So they had made a mention there about how you can exercise your faith. Um, there's another little segment here that's called spiritual exercise. It says, it is amazing what human beings can achieve through consistent discipline and effort. How many times have we watched athletes or others and marveled at their performance? They didn't just develop those abilities overnight. Those things required rigorous training, continuing regular personal inventory of what they needed to adjust. And as Paul wrote to Timothy, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. And spiritual strength and agility come only through practice. We need to develop our spiritual muscles through consistent effort and daily discipline, taking personal inventory of our own lives. Benefits in this life and in the life to come come from our discipline in his promises. Results won't happen overnight, but we continue to practice each day. Lord, Lord knows for five years now I have been practicing and Lord knows that while there's some very, very much some truth to this. I do find I am more cognizant of what I'm doing when I'm doing it, where before I would do things mindlessly. So now it's at least not mindless. It's more thought about, but it's also defiant.
So we, we sometimes have to look at things daily. We have to learn to take that personal moral inventory and really um, look into that spiritual mirror and ask God to help us because sometimes we do things um, rebelliously, I guess is what you would say. Um, recklessly, kind of, because when we think about things, like, I'm going to use myself for an example, y'all. I know, like, this has been as much for me as maybe it has been for you. The sourdough situation for me, and it's also sweets. Like, for example, yesterday, I failed miserably, in my opinion. I, um, I know my body has this extra inflammation. I also know I don't feel my best when I have these things. However, I still crave these things and Satan knows that and he uses that against me. So I was working, um, yesterday and I was in between clients and I ran into the convenience store and I was like, man, I'm hungry. I should have packed a snack. I should have packed some fruit or something. Cause that would have been a better choice and it still would have been sweet. But instead, I'm like browsing. I'm like, man, I really want some ice cream. So I had really thought about pulling into Dairy Queen when I went by it. But somebody had called me. So friend that called me, thank you for that. You saved me from the Dairy Queen. But um, then I went into Sheets to use the restroom. And I'm like, I really want ice cream. But I'm not getting ice cream because I know the ice cream here is not the ice cream that I really, really want. So I settled for cookie dough bites and premier protein. Don't get me wrong. The premier protein was the best choice because it's, um, it's good for people that are lactose sensitive. And it's also got like 40 some grams of protein in it per serving. So it was a good protein option. However, the cookie dough di- bites, y'all, the bag of cookie dough bites had like 900 and some calories in it. Um, yeah, that is not the best decision. I don't even want to think about the amount of sugar. So I gave in to that temptation and I bought and ate those, right? So then I felt cruddy. Like, I'm like, man, why did I do that? So I started really taking that personal moral inventory and beating myself up though. So instead of offering myself that grace and saying, listen, you made a knee jerk reaction. You picked something based on a craving while there were other alternatives that were available to you, you satisfied that craving just let it go. Just ask for forgiveness from yourself and move on. Because ultimately, the only person I'm hurting when I do this is myself. Um, so we have to learn to look in that mirror. We have to learn to recognize what's going on. So then the last little segment I want to share with you comes from 1 John 1, um, verses 8 through 10. And this is what it says. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our heart. It says, we may feel awkward about bringing our recurrent sins to God. We may be embarrassed by the number of times that we had to deal with the same issue or the same number of times that we seldomly refuse to be washed away. 
We may imagine that God is collecting a long list of repeated offenses to be used against us. The Apostle John wrote, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us in our sins and cleanse us. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. To confess means to agree with God that what he declares to be wrong really is wrong. This means we need to recognize our wrongs when they occur. John says that God will forgive us and cleanse us of every wrong. Each time we confess a sin, it is washed away. Our life is like a slate that has been wiped clean. Our sins are not recorded on the same celestial list. They are gone forever. Even when we make the same mistake over and over, God forgives us. If we are truly repentant, some areas of our life need more cleaning than others. God does not get angry when we come back to him repeatedly. There's no need to feel awkward. God wants us to rely on him every single time. All right, y'all. I just had like an aha moment, right? So we have to be on the same page with God about our sins. So is my sin sugar? Is sugar a sin? No. Sugar in itself is not a sin because God gave us honey. God gave us fruit. Um, God gave us grains. Those are all forms of sugar. God gave us the stevia leaf plant and God gave us monk fruit and um, coconut sugar. All those things are types of sugar that comes from natural derivatives. So what is the sin? Okay, so the sin is not that I consumed these products that were naturally made in sourdough and turned into sweet treats. The sin was not that I bought the heavily processed cookie dough with allergy things in it that I know for a fact that my body does not tolerate well. The sin is that I was lying to myself and saying it's okay to have those things, right? Because realistically, overindulgent, or if something becomes forefront of your mind and you can't think of anything else, then ultimately it's taken away from your time that you spend with God. And for me, I sometimes do get consumed by the thought of what I'm going to eat next and is it going to be a guilty pleasure, so to speak? Because every time I do it, like I immediately feel remorse for it. I wish that that would take place before I even consumed it. But it's just like a drug, my friends. It is so hard to overcome that. And you really have to work hard on your personal reflection in that mirror, that spiritual mirror, and learn that you need to call this in for what it is. So God, today I'm asking that you will open up our hearts and our minds and really write those things out straight forth for us so that there are no stumbling blocks in our way. God, friends, we're just going to pray right now. I feel led to just go ahead and end this segment and just pray. So God, right now, I pray that as we've brought 
these things to our attention, Lord. Whatever it is that was brought to our mind as we're having this discussion today and we're reminded that you forgive us each time we rely on you. And God, that, that it doesn't make us a bad person whenever we continue to repeat the same sin. What makes it bad, Lord, is that we fail to lean on you and ask for forgiveness because it is the same sin. Lord, I pray that those sins become front and center in our mind and in our spiritual mirror, Lord God. And each time that we are tempted, we can ask you for strength, dear Heavenly Father, instead of having to always ask for forgiveness. Let us rely on you in a different path, Lord Jesus. Let us learn that we can draw our strength from you to overcome these obstacles that are in our way. God, I pray right now that as we're continuing to go through this process of recovery, that anyone who is dealing with things deeply, Lord, that they have an accountability partner to help keep them in track. God, I pray that they learn to rely first on you, but then on them, Lord God, that they can help draw strength from someone else who helps them support them and encourage them not belittle and defeat them, Lord. Lord, we want them to be encouraged and lifted up and taught that they're able to overcome these addictions, Lord Jesus. God, I'm speaking to myself right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you will just help me overcome this poor eating habits, Lord Jesus. I pray that as we're on a quest for a healthier lifestyle, Lord Jesus, that those around us will see and praise our efforts. Lord, we pray that those that we come into contact with will see you shining through us and not be turned away from you from because of the sins that they may see. God, we know that when we profess your love and proclaim you as Lord and Savior, Satan sees us as a threat. And God, we know that during those times, he will use people against us. He will use things against us. He will put stumbling blocks in our path. Right now, God, I rebuke them in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. And as your scripture tells us, as far as the east is from the West, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just help us to continue to stay focused, help us to stay grateful, help us, Lord Jesus, to stay humble. Friends, I am so thankful for you this morning, and God, we just thank you for our sweet listeners, Lord. We thank you for our families and our friends, Lord Jesus. We pray that as the Thanksgiving season approaches, that you will just be with each and every one who is listening, Lord Jesus. God, we know that there's so much illness going around. There's so much that we can be down about. But Lord God, there's so much to be thankful for. God, I just thank you for the breath that you have given us, Lord. I thank you for this time that you have allowed us to share. And Lord Jesus, we pray that each and every person listening will have a blessed day. God, thank you. We praise you, dear Heavenly Father. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Sweet friends, have an amazing rest of your Tuesday. Bye, y'all.